on this episode of Why Watch That. He perked up and he looked around and you could tell that the skeletons are starting to spill out. That's that other wrinkle I'm talking about. Okay, because I didn't know what wrinkle you were talking about. <laughs> no, look, look. See, the ref can't no. remain professional. She's got to try to take me into the gutter here. So this mysterious stranger is Ethan Hawke's character. He has a little doggy. But watch out for that dog. I'm going to tell you that. You better watch out. She likes to bite. There's a prophet in the Bible, and he comes down from the mount with two tablets, and they have 12 commandments, remember? And then the guy says, they're 10 commandments. He goes, oh. Why Watch That is a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome Welcome to to Why Watch Watch That. Presented by Dynamic Network. A Why Watch That sneak peek. Hey, listeners, guess what? We have another sneak peek for you. The whole truth and nothing but the truth. The whole truth is coming out in theaters and on demand October 21st. Now, this is an interesting cast. But first, the director, Courtney Hunt, directed it, as well as the writer, Raphael Jackson, was the pin man. Mm. It stars Keanu Reeves. Hello, he's back. He's here. Renee Zellweger, she's back. Google Mbatha Raw. Gabriel Basso and Jim Belushi, among others. The cast looks star-studded, looks stacked, but is the whole truth really the truth? We're going to find out. Um, okay, uh, so Keanu Reeves plays a defense attorney. Yes, he does. He is called into a case that doesn't look too pretty. It appears that a son has killed his father. The son is played by Gabriel Basso. The mother is played by Renee Zellweger. The father is Jim Belushi. Now, Jim Belushi, the father, was an attorney, an attorney who had a relationship with Keanu Reeves. Renee Zellweger, of course, had a relationship with Keanu Reeves as a result as well. So we have this whole setup. Now, the problem is, though, everybody, the problem is the son is not talking. He's refusing to speak to his attorney, Keanu Reeves. Problem! How can he defend him if he's not talking? So they're in the courtroom and Keanu Reeves is looking at him like, are you going to talk to me or not? Because if you aren't going to talk, I can't defend you. Now for some help, Keanu has Gugu Mbatha Raw's character come in. Another attorney. Her father is a famed attorney in Louisiana. That's where we are. Famed. But he wasn't available. He suggested her. And she has a BS detector. Okay. Uh-oh, yeah. uh-oh, uh-oh. Smell it coming a mile away. Oh, yes, you can. So the question is, everybody, the son, what's going on with him? Why won't he talk? Why did he kill his father? Or did he? So you'll have to watch the whole truth to know what's going on with all of these people because they're hiding all kinds of skeletons in them closets that need to be aired out. Skeletons among other things. Oh. Now, uh, <laughs> All happening at the same time. Keanu Reeves is doing this voiceover. So you're really getting the behind-the-scenes play-by-play, his thoughts of what's happening as each incident happens. So it's almost like this. 
It smells like, feels like, looks like a edgy Perry Mason episode. <laughs> so if you like the whole um, explanation, the experience of the courtroom drama and what it takes to defend your client who's on murder. I mean, he's teaching Goo Goo as he goes, probably as he was taught. Yeah. So you kind of get the behind the scenes with that. Now, on to why we're reviewing this. Renee Selweger is back. She's been out of commission for about six years. And even though Bridget Jones' baby came out before this, she shot this ahead of time. So she is back doing Renee. You, you just sort of look at her and she is truly a damsel in distress. Yes. Literally the definition of it. Oh, she's abused. Oh. Yeah. She's abused. She's beaten down physically, mentally, sexually. And what would a son do? That's yes. the question. And the gentleman who plays the son, Gabriel Basso, now you've seen him. I've never seen him act before. And he did a wonderful job of just remaining cool. Every time they tried to pin something on him that wasn't true, he perked up and he looked around. And you can tell as an audience member that the skeletons are starting to spill out of the closet. That's right. Jim Belushi. <laughs> Where have you been? What are you doing? I thoroughly enjoyed his performance only because you really don't see Jim Belushi play the bad guy in quotes. We'll put it in quotes. Um, you don't really see him play the bad guy too often. And to me, he did a wonderful job of that. Is this man an unfit father? Is he an unfit husband? And how far he goes along with that. But I tell you what, there's a surprise cameo, we'll say. Mm-hmm. Sean Bridgers. Dude, I knew you were going here. From Rectify. Yes, you can't resist. He plays every sleazy role that you ever could think of. And here, you know, there's some more sleaze being flung at him. But the real duo goes to Keanu Reeves, obviously, and Gugu Mbatha Raw. Mm -hmm. Gugu plays the great bright-eyed girl. I mean, she really does a good job of sort of watching and looking. But quite frankly, she doesn't have enough to do. No, there's not enough going on for her. So she's milking every opportunity that she can in order to make sense of of why she has this BS meter. And she has a very illicit past. Mm. We'll say that much. They don't really get to explore as much. Keanu Reeves, guess what? He's Keanu Reeves. I did enjoy um, his uh, sort of poker face when it comes to certain things that happen throughout the, the movie. But at the end of the day, it's Keanu Reeves as a lawyer. I will say that Keanu Reeves voiceover for me kept me going. I thought it was straight. It was like straight out of a pulp movie. You know, she. I thought with her Ivy League past that maybe she wouldn't show up tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I did like the opening shots, especially ref of Louisiana, the bridge that we waited for. Like it really primed you for all of that. So, for me, I'm sorry. I was bored. I just have to be honest here. I was bored. I thought the writing was challenging. Challenging. I really just was not hooked by the case. And that's the thing here. Now, if you are somebody who likes on-order reruns, you just watch those marathons or TNT all the time. You can't get enough. This will work for you. Or if you're interested in what this cast is going to do, it is an interesting collection of actors. Fine. Otherwise, eh. 
I have to echo the fact that I said this is a edgy Perry Mason episode. So it, it is definitely for me. I don't necessarily completely agree with the critic. I think this is entertaining. This is a great Friday night. It's fall. It is cold. You're not going to want to go outside. Grab that blanket. Grab a pop- bucket of popcorn. And here's my tip to you, listeners. Don't expect anything. Yeah. Don't expect much. This is not primal fear. It's not Lincoln lawyer. This is Keanu Reeves as the lead lawyer. So you have to go with that. It's Renee Zellweger as the damsel in distress. Just go with it. I love the prosecutor. He's just this normal guy trying to get past the day and put this kid behind bars. Just go with it. Lean and the back. judge. I like the judge too. The judge. Lean back. Relax. Don't think. Go for the ride. There are twists. There are turns. So just lean in. Lean the other way. And watch the credits roll. And you won't be disappointed if you go in with that mindset just to be entertained. Now, again, the whole truth comes out October 21st. It's on demand. So you don't even have to leave the house. And if you want to leave the house, I'll say this. If you have those expectations, you won't be disappointed if you do pay that $15. But be warned. Did you know? Part one. You know what? I have a did you know, and it is becoming like a pattern here. It is. I'm sure. I can't wait to hear this one. What do you have? Okay. Which actor turned down three, one, two, three famous Tom Hanks roles? And those roles are. Okay. Splash. Yes. Apollo 13. Yes. And Forrest Gump. Oh. So it has to be Tom Hanks contemporary mm-hmm. leading man okay wait give me a moment give me a moment let me think about this one all right this episode of why watch that's brought to you by audible.com the leading provider of spoken audio entertainment providing digital versions of audiobooks for download to your computer phone and mp3 player sign up today to try audible free for 30 days and get a free audiobook of your choice Visit audibletrial.com forward slash why watch that to get your free audiobook now and to support our show. Did you know? Part two. All right, all right, all right. Let's see. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Oh. Pull it out of the clouds. <laughs> I'm trying to think. <laughs> uh, t- okay, uh, not Tom Cruise. We've already done that. No. Um, splash Apollo 13. And Forrest Gump, who would turn this stuff down? Mm-hmm. I, you know, not Sean Pitt, no, no. Uh, I don't know, who? John Travolta, okay? Oh, get out of here. Guess yes, he did. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, he did. He said no to all of them. And I know, according to IMDb, uh, his agent discouraged him from taking Splash. Who knows about the other two? You know what? Splash is a great movie. What's wrong with Splash? Well, <laughs> imagine reading that script. I can understand that. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Back to why watch that. Another why watch that sneak peek. Hey there, listeners. We got a chance, we being the critic and I, got a chance to see a sneak peek of Moonlight, which is coming out October 21st. 
It is directed and written by Barry Jenkins. (laughs) And it stars a pretty amazing cast. Listen, we, this is what people are saying. This movie is basically where Brokeback Mountain stopped its starts, which I don't know about that. We'll get to, we'll get to kind of the reason why. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, we saw this at the New York Film Festival. Oh, there we go. And look, this tracks three phases of a young black kid's life. So he starts as a kid, he goes to an adolescent, he then becomes an adult. You know those ages, don't you? 10, 16, and 26! Whoa! Okay, so we have three different actors playing the same character. Along the way, he has a friend who also grows up in three stages. So three different actors playing that character. Now, here's the thing. The character, he starts as Lil. Yes. uh, But his real name is Chiron. Chiron. So he's... A kid, you know, he has a mother played by Naomi Harris, and this mother is a drug addict. Yeah, she's she's severe and abusive. Yeah, and this is set in Miami. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have that milieu. Now, this mother can't take care of him the way she needs to. She can't even take care of herself. He, along the way, meets a drug dealer. Yes, he does. <laughs> Played by Mahershala Ali, our favorite. Yeah, we love Mahershala, but he's a very caring drug dealer. He is. He's a a drug dealer with a heart of gold. And he has a strange connection with that house. Mm. So he feels obligated to to take in this kid. That's right. He takes in Chiron. He introduces Chiron to his girlfriend, played by Janelle Monae. Played wonderfully by her. Yes, yes. Everyone here does a wonderful job, actually. Uh, So she becomes more of the mother figure for him because something happens to Mahershala's character. Yes. Now, we then get to him being an adolescent. He's starting to figure some things out, kind of. He's not quite sure about... Well, even before that, he, yep. he, there's, he gets bullied. Yes. He gets beat up, and his friend actually saves him from a lot of that bullying that happens. So he, he really looks to his friend. That's right, for, for help. Mm-hmm. Um, and his friend even says, you know, you want to fight back, you know, and, and tries to get him to engage that way so he can protect himself. Mm-hmm. So we see him as an adolescent now in high school. Kevin. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's still being bullied. Uh, this friend, Kevin, is still there for him. Kind of. There's a wrinkle thrown in there. Two big wrinkles, I should say. I mean, they're, they're like, <laughs> they're crevices. That's all I got to say. So, uh, because what happens is... We have Chiron, who is now, because he's an adolescent, figuring out what attraction is, what sexuality is, and Kevin's there, everybody, to show him the way. Okay? Oh, well, hold on! Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and then we also find that they do have to part ways for very something very specific Happens. That's to- that other wrinkle I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Okay, because I didn't know what wrinkle you were talking <laughs> no, about. Look, look. See, the ref can't no. remain professional. She's got to try to take me into the gutter here. Now, look, everybody. Then he grows up. We cut to later. He's gone through a transformation because of because of that, that, event. that wrinkle. Yeah. So there we go. He's now. In a different role, we're not going to tell you. No, he's not, but it's a very familiar role. Yes, it is. And once again, Kevin comes back into his life. So the question is, everybody, what is this relationship going to be now as they're adults? Where is it going? Um, there we go. I mean, I mean, that's the gist of it. And we really got into the plot 
Um, here's what I'll say about this. Yeah. Moonlight, some people are going to be way, way excited about it, as you should. Yeah. And some people are going to be a little apprehensive, of, especially with the comment that I made starting out in the review. Yeah. This relationship that we're seeing played out is really not a relationship we've seen played out in a film with these two kinds of characters. That's right. In this in particular environment, surrounded by the people they're surrounded with. It really hasn't been explored before. And what I will say for those of you who are a little faint at heart, um, and as I know some of our listeners can be, it's delicately dealt with, it's tastefully dealt with, and it's not a place where you're going to be in the theater uncomfortable. Right. It's a place where you're going to think, oh my goodness, this, this young man has grown up to be a very angry person because he didn't receive the love mm-hmm. that he needed. That's and right. you see what happens as a result of that. And it's an interesting anger, even. It's a sullen yeah, anger. It's a very sullen yeah, it's it's just the whole thing that Barry Jenkins did here. He, he it's masterful. Every moment matters. Everything is in service of really two major storylines. Yes. Everything. It's focused. And if you see his first feature, Medicine for Melancholy, you can see how he started there. And then this is the realization of that work. The tracking from actor to actor for those... Those actors were wonderfully cast. They looked alike. They had the same mannerisms. That's good directing. It was excellent directing and acting. Look, I mean, uh, Trevante Rhodes plays the grown-up, Chiron, and Andre Holland, we know him from The Nick and uh, now uh, American Horror Story. Um, So he plays the grown-up Kevin, but the kids playing them... And let me also say, before we end this, the adolescents, they had the hardest job. They did. They really did. Because you were talking about Barry Jenkins' sensitivity. He only shows you what you need to see. He doesn't make you uncomfortable. The adolescents had the hardest role to pull off. So I just think that this is a stunning film. Um, It's moving. But we can't forget the riveting performance from Naomi Harris. Yes. She is not... You do not want to be her child. (laughs) I don't want to be anything for her. (laughs) (laughs) She really dug deep and gave us um, not the stereotypical drug addict mother... Mm-hmm. She she gave us an on like honestly she was a broken woman yeah that was that was the essence she was broken and she didn't know how to love and you see by the end of that um, there may or may not be some catharsis with that I'll just say that that's right and Mahershala and they, uh, um, and uh, Janelle Monae yeah well done that's the heart listen Moonlight October twenty first what are you doing you should be in the theater. And now, the pick of the week. My goodness, listeners, the critic and the ref are coming at you this time with a pick of the week. We are doing this together. It is Love and Friendship, which will be available to Amazon Prime members this Thursday. That's right, Thursday. It is directed. It is adapted by Wit Stillman from Jane Austen's novella entitled Lady Susan. And it stars Kate Beckinsale. It stars Chloe Sevigny. It stars a British chap named Tom Bennett. If you watch this, you'll know who he is among many others. And the ref is going to tell us all about it. I'm excited. Now, this is, again, as you said, Jane Austen's novella uh, called Lady Susan, as you said. But this time we're seeing... A very comical Jane Austen. Yes. (laughs) Lady Susan Vernon, who is unfortunately a widow, decides to make 
uh, herself comfortable <laughs> at her in-laws' house. She just shows up because she's escaping some, shall we say, scandal mm. <laughs> at her previous visit in a neighboring town with a young chap and her uh, having a strong relationship or friendship. Now, <laughs> in the meantime, Lady Susan Vernon has a daughter named Frederica who is off at school. She's been trying to get her married off to a very rich and uh, well-thought-of chap named Sir James Martin, played by Tom Bennett. Now, he's not the smartest. However, as she's trying to set up this marriage, she str- she has a very strong, we'll say, relationship with Reginald de Courcy, who's played by Xavier Sam- Samuel, who uh. is her sister-in-law's brother. He is going to, of course, inherit a lot of money, and Miss Lady Susan makes herself available at all means possible uh. to strike up this strong relationship. Now, she is a- she's charismatic. She's eccentric. She's, a- she's beautiful. She's the center of all attention, and all the men around her recognize that but not all of the families and women want to readily take her in but she does have a friend an american named alicia johnson played by chloe who she tells all her secrets and schemes to so as the film goes on and we won't give things away her whole mission is to somehow get frederica to get herself ready and prepared for this arranged marriage. It will save their family from destitute. The question is, does she succeed at that? And secondly, since Lady Susan is available herself, will she, she, will she choose a de Courcy or will she find another or <laughs> will she eat her cake and the frosting and everything else that goes with it? It's scandalous, Jane Austen, <laughs> but we loved every minute of it. Yeah, well, look, Kate Beckinsale is just a master of the language here. She does such a great job. And I'm going to tell you again, Tom Bennett, l- let me just, I just got to do this. He says to these people, he says this, he says, look, there's a prophet in the Bible. And he comes down from the mount with two tablets and they have 12 commandments, remember? And then the guy says there are 10 commandments. He goes, oh, well, which two are we going to get rid of? I mean, it's that kind of thing in this movie. So it's not quite the Jane Austen you're accustomed to. It's got a little bit of spice for her, a little bit of Oscar Wilde in there. Yeah. Yeah, there's some scandalous things happening. But what we will say, listeners, the reason why we're making it the pick of the week is if you are really thirsty, I mean, you, you've all, you're Downton Abbey, you've watched all of them 15 times. You've watched um, Pride and Prejudice 25 more times. You are yearning for a wonderful period piece with some edge and spice and some really wonderful acting we we have to recommend love and friendship you will not be um disappointed in fact you will be severely delighted (laughs) a final why watch that sneak peek Oh, listeners, we've got something for you. (laughs) We've got something for you. The critic and I uh, were able to catch uh, (laughs) a sneak peek of In a Valley of Violence. Yep. And that's coming out. That's coming out October twenty first. <laughs> um, it's coming out in many ways and many forms. If you want to catch it in the theater, watch it on demand or HD digitally, you can catch it um, that way. This is a movie 
written, directed, edited by Ty West. <laughs> yes, he wants everyone to know it. It's at the Everybody beginning. Everybody needs to know that Ty West did this. Um, yes. It is starring some pretty familiar faces, particularly Ethan Hawke, John Travolta, Karen Gillan, and also Burn Gorman. <laughs> My boy, I love Burn Gorman. <laughs> A bunch of other people that we'll talk a little bit about. Now, this is not your average Western, so help us out, critic. Let me just read. This is their log line. I'm just going to read it for the folks. All right. A mysterious stranger and a random act of violence drags a town of misfits and nitwits into the bloody crosshairs of revenge. All right. Al. All right. Let's back this up. Back it up. So this mysterious stranger is Ethan Hawke's character. He has a little doggy with him. But watch out for that dog. I'm going to tell you that. You better watch out. She likes to bite. It comes upon a priest. (laughs) In the desert. An Irish priest. (laughs) Like, how? Why? And of course, that's Bern Gorman. That doesn't end well. No. Bern Gorman. (laughs) Not at all. He keeps traveling because his goal is to get into Mexico. But Burns warns him, though. He does. He warns him about a little town. Mm-hmm. And he comes upon this town, which is also known as the Valley of Violence. All right. In this town, the sheriff is played by John Travolta. The marshal. The marshal, I'm sorry. That's right. And his son, who's a, a nitwit, I think that's who they're talking about, <laughs> <laughs> is played by James Ransom. Who was in The Wire and other things. Mm-hmm. He has a problem with Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke doesn't show him the respect that he thinks he deserves. So they end up having a standoff, which turns into the death of something. That's what they're talking about. Ethan Hawke goes, oh, no, 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 no. It's time to take all y'all out. In the midst of this, John Travolta's tried to calm everybody down. So the question is, is anyone left standing at the end of this Western? Oh, no. Well, it's, it's important to note that Ethan's Haw- Ethan Hawke's character, Paul, his name is Paul, has a very shady, shadowy, violent background. Yes. And if you cross him, mm-hmm. get ready to pay. And that's exactly what happens. Yeah. Now, this all sounds like a wonderful Western. It sounds like... Yeah. A classic Western that you, you know, you you come into a small town, you rub somebody the wrong way, there's a standoff, there's a shoot-off, and the dust settles at the end. You think that would be it, but it's not. No. They even throw in, like you were hinting, yeah, with with Ethan Hawke's character, that past haunting him. I mean, we have all of these uh, correct bits, but the thing is, is this a comedy or not? Now, they are saying that it does have absurdist humor. The problem is it doesn't... Absurd is right. Oh, yes. There was one moment <laughs> that was absolutely it, hilarious. It involves John Travolta, we'll say that. It sure does. And at the end, it was absolutely hilarious. But the thing was, after you see it, you kind of go, well, wait a minute. Was that supposed to be funny or not? You, It's it's confused. That's well, the here's the thing. Let's just break it down. Let's talk about the performances here. We have strong performances by uh, uh, Burn uh, Gorman. He, he's just, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Don't bother him. Give him the script and just shuffle along. Let him do what he does. Yes. He absolutely nails it. You also have a um, strong performance, in my opinion, by John Travolta. He is a veteran. 
if you're going to give somebody a satirical piece of of, of western or comedy, yeah. um, any any kind of hint towards any kind of uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino kind of comedy that you're going for. Give it to John Travolta. He'll know what to do with it. Unfortunately, he wasn't directed appropriately to, you know, make sure it goes through. Ethan Hawke um, as the anchor of the movie. I have to say that do I buy him as a, oh, a, a, a man with an assorted past during the 1800s whistling through a town and has the capability of murdering people or even avenging um, himself? I don't know. I don't know. But maybe that goes back to the direction. Um, yeah. But he does he does do what he can to help salvage his role. Yep. So. And also, can I just shout out Toby Huss? Yes. Who's a wonderful character actor. He was in HBO's Carnival. He's from Iowa. He sure is. He is in uh, Halt and Catch Fire now. He never has a wrong moment. Um, can I just say about Ethan Hawke? For me, Ethan Hawke looked the part. That surprised me. From the beginning, before he started talking. I was yeah, like, the, wow. the beginning was good. Problem for me, Ref, is the writing, the dialogue. It's too many words. This guy, it should be like Clint Eastwood. It should be that kind of person, okay? In, in a Western, very few things to say. I think if that had happened for Ethan Hawke, you would have bought it. Yeah. He just has so much to say that it doesn't click. And that's overall the problem. It's too many lines in this. And it's hard to know, like you said, is it a satire of a Western or is it a Western? It's trying to do both or that's how it appeared. And that really didn't work. Also, it, just pick up the pace. Yeah. The ingredients are there for something entertaining. But pick up the pace and get on with it. At one point in our screening, a man was asleep. So... <laughs> <laughs> in the front row, knocked out. Um, could have had a hard day, could have worked late, could have, I don't know. But he was knocked out. And I tell you what, I'm going to be honest, at some point during the movie, I really wanted it to, to let's wrap it up. Yeah. Um, because, you know, Westerns need to be succinct. It needs to, like you say, get that dialogue out there and get to the action. Yeah. Now, we will have to say, on, add it on top of that, the music was great. But not for this movie. <laughs> right, yeah. Is it a satire or not? It was strange. The music at every single point was very serious. It had gravitas. It was like strings and, you know, different notes here. Dun, dun, dun. All of that did not match anything in the movie. Literally, it was two separate things happening. Yeah. So, you know, overall, we're really being nice <laughs> about this because this is called why watch that why would you watch that you know why you would you know why i would watch this again i want to (laughs) know but i will say (laughs) but i will say no in all in all reality this is an attempt to be like a quentin tarantino yeah and it didn't quite pay off Mm. but i will say this what, if you if you if you want to watch someone salvage their roles, like meaning no, I mean it. If you want to watch an actor say, you know what, I'm going to do what I need to do because all the ingredients aren't working for me. Yeah, watch it for uh, Ethan Hawke, John uh, uh, Travolta, and Byrne. Yeah, that's I, that's oh, all. Boy, I think. Toby, let's not forget him. And, and Toby, yes, that's all. I mean, I you got to say they're all fem- female characters, unfortunately. Yeah, no, not. sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry. It just didn't work for me. Um, but that's the most positive I can be. 
Yeah, well, on a positive note, again, it's in theaters on demand and digital HD (laughs) (laughs) on October 21st. So if you are still interested on demand or rental or cable. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea. And we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.